listening to the No Life Skills Podcast with your host, Ashlyn. My advice for other sex workers, don't do what I did. Giving you an inside look at the fascinating world of sex work. Yeah, a little bit awkward, but uh, informational, I guess. Connect with other professionals and allies of the industry. I was like, wow, this is easy money. Now, join the conversation while we share inspiring stories on the No Life Skills Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Life Skills. I'm Ashlyn. I'm so excited this week to have my friend Ellie next door on. She's an online sex worker who did camming and now does phone sex, and she identifies as asexual. So we've never had another person who identifies that way on the podcast, so super interesting. I'm excited for you guys all to hear. And make sure you tune in to the end of the episode because I've got lots of questions this week. You guys are very brave when you can be anonymous, so thank you so much and hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of No Life Skills. I'm Ashlyn, and I'm here with Ellie next door. She is an online sex worker from Canada, and she reached out to me to come on the podcast because she identifies as asexual, and I thought that would be something super interesting to talk about on here. So, hi, Ellie. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to talk to you. Yay. So I just wanted to get to know you a little bit first. So what is something that you're passionate about? Sure. I mean, all sorts of things. I kind of come and go in waves, but I have been on a jigsaw puzzle kick Ooh. for like the last six months. <laughs> and I've got a whole bookcase full of jigsaw puzzles. So that's kind of been my main uh, main thing right now. But I just got another cat. And so, <gasps> yeah. Love that. My- yeah, my first cat's learning how to be with another cat, and she's not happy about it. So, Aww, and what are your cat's names? Well, I've Sierra, um, who I got it. She was thirteen. She was the most miserable cat at the shelter, <laughs> and I couldn't leave her. I felt really bad, so I brought her home, and now she's here. Uh, I didn't name her that. She came with that. And it, it felt weird to change it. And then yeah. Roger. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he came with it too. We were gonna call him Juno, but. Roger, so they called him Roger, and he just looks like a Roger. He just looks like a Tomcat. So um, he's great. He's super chill. He's he's like the cuddliest, sweetest cat. But my regular, my my first cat is just (laughs) girl cats are just not as nice. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, like she's tolerant, but if he gets too close, she'll kind of hiss. And I mean, he he'd fuck her up if she even tried to. She's a fat old cat, but she certainly thinks that she's gonna win, and so he lets her. That's awesome. Oh, well, we ha- I have two cats here, too. Um, one is actually crawling on me right now. So I don't know. People, when I edit this, can probably hear the cat purring. Sorry about that. Gary, You're my cat. My <laughs> okay. <laughs> one time he was definitely purring very loud in one of the episodes. Nobody said anything, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so what do you like to do for fun besides jigsaw puzzles? What's been keeping you busy uh, during these strange times? I mean, for a for a while over the summer and into the fall and the winter, I was horseback riding, which I grew up doing. And I love horseback riding. Um, nice. And then, yeah, I, you know, I took a break. It gets really, really fucking cold. And it's <laughs> just not fun to, you know, go to the barn when it's freezing cold. So maybe that makes me a, a poser, but whatever. Taking a little break from that. Um, and beyond that, you know, I, I doom scroll on my phone a lot. I try to keep <laughs> busy with work. Uh, which is me being like, I'm going to go, you know, do work. And then I scroll on Twitter for an hour and... Oh, that's work. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I meet fun people like you. So I guess uh, guess it is. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It's perfect. So So I try to be productive. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So for anybody listening, can you explain what does it mean to be asexual? Yeah, I mean, so like, obviously, everybody's experience is different. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole range from people who are sex repulsed, which means like, you know, I actually had a friend growing up who uh, figured out really early on that they were uh, sex repulsed and just, just, it just squeaks them out, you know, like, um, but there's also the, the other spectrum where, or the other side of it, that, you know, like, just because you might not have like a strong physical attraction, or you may not experience attraction in the same way that other people do, doesn't mean that you can't engage with sex, just like any other dimension of a relationship. And for me, I am pretty like, sex neutral, sex positive, like, you know, I've had sex with boyfriends, like, before I even really fully identified that the way that I feel lines up as asexuality, you know, because you just assume that whatever you're experiencing is normal, right? You don't mm-hmm. think that whoever you're experiencing attraction is different than every other, you know, heterosexual or bisexual or, you know, gay person. Yeah. Well, you just grow up assuming that everyone in the world is straight, at least a, a lot of people do, or you know, how the like how you feel is the way that everyone else is yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, I'm straight, but I still look at girls' butts. Like, that kind of thing. You just you just assume that every other woman does that. But, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so, for me, yeah. Like, I definitely have had sex before. Like, I really, I can enjoy it. It doesn't physically affect how I can, like, you know, like, every, everything still works. But <laughs> I guess I would describe it as I realized I don't have, like, I don't really have, like, the fantasies of other people. Like, I've never had the experience of like being in a mall and seeing a hot person and thinking about what sex with them would be like. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at them and I can, it, it, <laughs> almost in the, I've tried, cause I've, I've tried to like think about how to explain this and the closest that I can come up with, because there's different kinds of attraction and you can get into the weeds about, you know, romantic attraction is different than sensual attraction, which is different than platonic. It gets very complicated, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the general uh, idea for me is that, I, you know, I'm pretty open to the, you know, the physical feeling feels really good. It also works. But for me, sex is more an extension of just another way that I can show my affection and attraction or attention to somebody. Like I, you know, I used to have like people that I would hook up, hook up with and it wasn't even about like wanting to date them, but it's like, I wanted to hang out. And if we made out, that was fine too. It was just another dimension of the way that I could spend time with somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense to me. So it's just kind of, you're kind of neutral about it. It's kind of not really a big deal. Like you don't look at somebody and think, oh, dang, I would fuck the shit out of them. <laughs> is that yeah, is that correct? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I, I definitely have the, you know, the desire, like usually I'm like, oh, I really want to like kiss that person or make out with that person. But I don't really like think beyond that. I'm like when I'm in the situation, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm having a good time, but it's not something that I was like hoping specifically would happen or something that I had like thought about in my head before or something that I'm going to like think about a lot afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, okay. Okay. Interesting. So I want to take us back a little bit. When did you start thinking you might be asexual? How did that all happen? Well, so what's funny is um, I actually kind of thought this about myself when I was like 14, 15 um, or, you know, in that area. Like I was really on Tumblr a lot and I was really in like, you know, LGBTQ, little SJW, just like social justice Mm -hmm. sphere. 
And so with that comes a lot of talk about, you know, different sexualities and being really specific about the way that you experience this kind of attraction, you know, like all sorts of, it was really like a hub for queer kids to figure out exactly what they were feeling and why they felt that way. And so I was introduced to the asexual community pretty early on. And I think it's what, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I think it's one of those things where like you read somebody else's experience and somebody else says like, oh, I feel that too. And then you both have like the Spider-Man meme where you're looking at each other and you're like, oh, you you too? Like that's a thing. And so I actually was like 14 or 15. And I think I remember, I think I even told my mom that I felt like I was asexual on some level. And I remember her being, you know, like, okay, like, all right, you know, like, <laughs> you're 15, you know, like, you can think that. But... You'll grow out of it. Yeah, of course yeah. you don't think that your 14-year-old is, like, you know, that, that's fine. Um, and so I just kind of, like, put it in the back pocket, and, you know, I things moved on, and I had boyfriends, and I kind of just assumed that because I was having sex with them, and I wasn't, you know, like, miserable, <laughs> that that I just must be feeling sexual attraction, like, that just must be what it is. Um, and so it wasn't really even until a couple months ago that I kind of, you know, I was on like, you know, like asexual Twitter and, you know, like some subreddits and I would like, <laughs> you know, like kind of thing where it's like, you might be queer if you're thinking about this a lot, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like if you're like too into trans, you know, and you're like, you know what I mean? Like there's a certain level where it's like, this is apply on some level. So I was I remember looking up like, what is asexuality? Like, what does it feel like? Like, how did you know you were asexual? Like, I would look up these like ask Reddit threads just to see like mm-hmm. other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I would read these stories and I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, that sounds really familiar. Like, oh, uh, that, like, I, I would just have these experiences that their kind of internal thinking about something may, was really similar to me. And I realized mm-hmm. that what I'm experiencing isn't. I'm going to say normal. Not that it's not normal. It's just not it's how other, it's just different than, yeah, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're just raised in like a heteronormative society where people are conditioned to think that they should like the opposite sex most of the time, you know? So yeah. yeah. And when and you like, differ from that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if I was, you know, uh, like homo romantic, like I'm, I'm pretty heteroromantic, um, and for the people who don't know what that means, yeah. could you explain that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's so, sorry. In the world of asexuality, I actually think it's really, really cool. I do think that talking about romantic attraction being um, something a little bit distinct from sexual attraction sometimes is actually mm-hmm. a really interesting topic that I don't think people really think about because obviously for most, you know, for most people, if they're sexually attracted to, you know, a certain gender, then they're also romantically attracted to that same gender, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, for most people that just lines up. But for some people, like some people might be like bisexual, but they might only want to have, or might only like be able to feel like romantic feelings for, you know, another woman or a man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that, that would mean like if someone's bisexual, they like both genders so they and so you're saying they would have sexual attraction towards both genders but romantic attraction to maybe just one yeah like basically like i want i would fuck men and women or non-binary people but i only want to date men yes you know what i mean like i only want to have relationships 
with men or with women. Yeah, yeah. That's what that means. Where... I just want to break it down for the listeners because I don't... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's... it's super confusing. And for me, like, the the human experience, and especially specifically for, for our work, human sexuality is so vast. And I think it's bottomless. Like, mm-hmm. there is so much dimension and so much difference between people. Like, so I think it's really cool to have language that describes, you know, that feeling of, you know, I would have sex with... Or like, you know, say like I'm really sexually attracted to men, but I love the idea of being in a relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like I like I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm with somebody, but like I like the idea of being in a romantic relationship with a woman, but I don't feel that sexual attraction. And, and you know, everybody's different. But for some people that might really resonate. Mm-hmm. And so having that language in the asexual community um, is really the only place that I've seen it for the most part outside of like, you know, Tumblr blogs in 2015. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just not talked about very much. And like everything with sexuality, it's such a huge spectrum. And so often I think a lot of people see it as so black and white, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's a whole like three dimensional gradient. You know, it's not X and Y, it's X, Y, Z. There's, you know, all sorts of ways that people can be. And um, there's there's like five or six different kinds of attraction that people in the asexual community tend to be really cognizant of. Uh, I feel like for, you know, a lot of heterosexual people or people that, you know, are like, you know, gay, like kind of like a, like a, I'm going to say like, quote unquote, like a standard mm-hmm. sexuality. Like, you know, asexuality is so uncommon and most people don't understand it. Whereas being gay or being straight is pretty, pretty straightforward. <laughs> people know what that is. <laughs> like, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We hear about people being gay or straight, obviously. A yeah, lot more some than people asexual. don't like it, but you understand what it is. Like, so for asexual people, a lot of the time they'll break down different kinds of attraction. And I think it's actually really cool. Like you can have like a platonic attraction where you really want to be friends with somebody, mm-hmm. or you can have like a sensual attraction where you just want to like touch and, you know, caress and be sensual with somebody. Um, you know, there's, I think we talked about romantic attraction mm-hmm. where it's, it's not about the sex. It's about having that, you know, romantic feeling for somebody or mm-hmm. for, you know, a group of people. And um, I'm sure there's other ones. There's um, aesthetic attraction, which for me, I think is my version of like attraction, I think. So aesthetic attraction is essentially like you just love somebody's look. How I could, But I you don't want to fuck them. Correct. No. Okay. Like how I would compare it is when I see the statue of David, I can look at that, that, you know, beautiful 20 foot statue or however tall he is. And I can see this like incredible human form and he's, you know, the muscles and there's something that draws you to, or the Sistine Chapel. Like there's something that draws you in. Mm-hmm. You don't want to fuck him. Like you're, maybe <laughs> some people do. Maybe yeah. I'm the outlier <laughs> and maybe everybody listening is like, oh no, I would fuck David. But for me, I, I look at the statue and I go, that's a, like a beautiful piece of art. Yeah, no, or that makes something, sense. Like when you look at like a lake or like a painting, you're just like, this is a beautiful thing. You don't want to fuck it. But <laughs> <laughs> so hey. I think that's mm-hmm. for me and for a lot of, uh, for some asexual people, kind of how they're basing almost like their version of attraction or their version of like a physical attraction to somebody. Yeah, because I think I, when I was doing some research, I also saw online um, some people they can, I think, gray asexuality, gray ace or something. So is that, that's when they can feel romantic or sexual attraction to somebody, but it takes a very, very, very long time or it has to be like, it's rare. Is that, am I correct? Yeah. So, you know, like there's, like there's a whole 
um, spectrum within asexuality that mm-hmm. they use. I myself, I, I feel like I probably fall in the grayish area. I think, you know, like I said, nothing's black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a little bit gray. I think that I, you know, as I grow and I know somebody and I love them and, or they're, you know, I have a certain sensual attraction to them or, you know, a certain aesthetic attraction to them or whatever that kind of willing, the desire to bond and that desire to be close to them Mm -hmm. increases. And by proxy, if that means sex, that's fine for me. And so, yeah, demisexuality is, I have a theory. It's a lot more common than people think because I've seen online people describe demisexuality and they get flooded with people that are like, that's just normal. That's just how people (laughs) are. And it's like... and what Actually, is that? No. So demisexuality is when you're only you only become sexually attracted to somebody after you formed a significant uh, connection with them. An emotional like a, connection, yeah. Right? Like if that's yeah. a friendship. If that's like, I guess, like a friendship. Yeah. Like if you become mm-hmm. friends with somebody, then a, a sexual attraction can can happen. For mm-hmm. apparently, that's pretty common. I see a lot of people online. Like you know, obviously that's not representative, but mm-hmm. I see a lot of people talk about. That's just how attraction works. And it's like, mm. yeah, but there's also people that look at strangers at the mall and think about fucking them. Or people who go to bars and pick someone out exactly. of the crowd to fuck them later that exactly. night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The whole concept of one night stands, you know, if you're super against one night stands and it icks you out and you only feel like you ever have really fallen for somebody after getting to know them, like it's something to think about. It's something to just describe the way that you feel. Yeah, it's so interesting. There's just so many different facets of sexuality. And yeah, I think more people would relate to these things if it was more widely spoken about, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think having the language to to talk about how you feel and to understand how you feel can be really helpful. And like, you know, you don't have to be asexual to benefit from just understanding like the difference between Mm -hmm. wanting to be in a romantic relationship with somebody and just wanting to have sex with them. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, it's it's hard to differentiate, like, what is my desire to just fuck this person or, like, you know, see this person naked and stare at them <laughs> versus, like, actually have, you know, a, a relationship and a life and, a, and a, you know, a whole partnership. Those, mm-hmm. I, for a lot, you know, are, can be distinct things. And I think it's hard for some people to, you know, parse that out and to, you know, actually listen to, you know, listen to your heart. It's hard to to listen to your intuition and to know exactly what is going on inside of you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's super complicated and individual in every case, that's for sure. And so you said that in the past you've had boyfriends, like when you were younger, like teenager. Mm-hmm. And so how did these relationships start? Did you think that you had to have a boyfriend because like your peers had were in relationships or? Yeah, of course. I Well, <laughs> this is really funny. In, in retrospect, it's very funny. Uh I remember in like seventh or eighth grade, I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to date any boys in my grade because I know that when we're in high school, they're going to be like better, like they're going to be like better versions of themselves. Like, you know, like we're going to go through puberty and they're going to get a little bit older and I'm going to get older. And, and I don't want to, <laughs> I remember like thinking about it really like clinically and critically about I shouldn't like ruin my chances with any of the boys in my grade. And I should kind of wait for all of us to kind of get into high school and to have our cars and to be able to do more stuff than have our moms drive us to the mall. Yeah. And then it would be fun to date them, which like... That just sounds like a mature outlook on on dating when you're that age. <laughs> well, like I, I had no right to be that 
that you know critical i was i was treating it like, like a co-worker relationship because i was i was <laughs> like i've got to spend years with these people and if i embarrass myself you know like if we break up it's gonna be awkward having science oh. class with them oh. i know it's so funny but <laughs> I mean, the heart wants what it wants and i just i had a better ability to shut mine off i guess but mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i think there absolutely was a level of you know, everybody else around me is interested in boys. And I just assume like, like I look at hot, you know, celebrities on Tumblr and, you know, they're hot. Like, but I don't think I really fully understood that there was a dimension that I wasn't, like, I just wasn't grasping. Mm -hmm. It was more about like, I thought they were hot. I thought they were attractive, I guess. Yeah. But that was where the buck stopped. There wasn't anything beyond that. And I think that's where kind of the asexuality comes in, but it's hard to differentiate that when you just assume that, you know, how you feel is how everybody else feels. So I just assumed mm-hmm. that was what sexual attraction was. Mm-hmm. So these, like, let's say your first boyfriend, were, did he approach you to date and pursue a relationship? Uh, For example? God, I mean, I was, <laughs> I mean, I was like 16. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it sounds like you wouldn't, were you the pursuer ever in any of your relationships when they started? I mean, like, I absolutely like, I love having romantic relationships. Like, mm-hmm. you know, being with somebody is always awesome if you're, you know, with the right person. Yeah. And I think I definitely was probably more, I mean, I was 16, so I think I wanted to fix him. There was that level of it. You know, I wanted to, like, <laughs> oh, save him. There was, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have to learn that. So I'm glad I learned yeah. to 16 before he could, like, you know, ruin my life. Uh-huh. You know, whatever. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, got over my wanting to fix it. But I think I, there was a level of, like, wanting to fix him. And I thought he was cute. And I wanted to, like, kiss him. Yes. Okay. And then I just assumed that, I, you know, it's hard to explain. You're just like, like sex. Sex was just a natural progression in your mind. But yes. it, but to you, it wasn't like, man, I got to fuck him right now. That's just it, sex is just something you did when you liked somebody, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. That, that's a, that's a pretty good way to put it, I think. All right. It's just another dimension of it. Yeah. And so now um, are you OK with speaking? You said you're with somebody now or do you want to speak about yeah. that? OK, so yeah, I mean, um, you, tell you me about your partner. <laughs> well, he's awesome. You know, um, I haven't put any pictures of him online because, you know, I'm yeah. <laughs> as much as I love my work, it, it you know, it's, it's, it's an industry and it's, uh, it's work and yourself up to stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I think, you know, I, I like to keep it a little bit separate cause I, I don't have a problem with my fans knowing I, I talked to a lot of cucks, so they'd probably love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good. They'll love <laughs> yeah, this. It's kind of great. Yeah. He's, it's great, but no, he's, he's like awesome and I love him and he's the best person I've ever dated and he knows about, you know, the way that I am and he loves me and, you know, like we do have sex. It's more about, again, like it, it's, it's another dimension of my way that I can show my love and affection for him. It's not about generally for me, like I've got a fucking right now or I'm going to go crazy, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I love him and I love to, you know, you want to be in, good. yeah. The I want intimacy. to be intimate with him. Yeah. And that's a, just another way to be intimate and another mm-hmm. way to connect. So yeah, for, for me, I, it, it's great. Okay, cool. And so do you ever feel like horny? <laughs> I'm, well, yeah. So that's also another thing is there is a difference between being asexual and like being able to be horny or having a, a libido. Mm-hmm. And so those are separate things. Like, you know, your, your physical, the way that the pipes all work, yes, you know, yes. some men feel, some asexual men feel like they have to masturbate because like they get clogged up, you yeah. know, it, everything works. I still can feel great. 
So if I do feel horny, it's more of just, it's, it's like getting itchy, you know, you're just like, I, I saw a couple horny pics on Twitter and something in my monkey brain woke up and went, all right, we got to get off. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. Okay. So when that it's happens, not- do you go to your boyfriend to have sex or do you masturbate? I mean, I, I'm, I'm also on an antidepressant that really reduces my libido. So uh, I don't really yeah. have it as much lately, which mm-hmm. I don't mind for the most part. But yeah. <laughs> when I'm not on that and when my libido's normal for me, maybe like a couple times a month, like it's strangely, I can get turned on by like situations or, or by like certain fantasies, but it's not about the people involved. Mm-hmm. The people could be anybody that the bodies could be anything. It's more about like the situation or like the, the positions or does that, isn't that weird? I, that might. No, I, no, I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't think that's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I see. I, but it feels a little funny, but yeah, it's, it's not about seeing like a, like a specific person and getting turned on by that specific person and wanting to have sex with them. It's the idea. Yeah. It's like the idea of, I don't know, like the situation it's situational maybe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, like some people, you know, not, not like nothing's like, I don't have like any crazy fetishes like that, but (laughs) you know, for some people, like when they have a fetish, it's not about the people doing the fetish. It's about the fetish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a little bit, yeah, it's, it's not, a, I don't have like any crazy fetish, they're not fetishes, but it's not about how hot the woman in, in the video is, or not about how hot the guy in the video is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just about the actions. Which yeah. Just funny. Okay. No, I think that makes sense to me. So do you find it difficult to find other people who understand asexuality? Like, are you open about this with your friends and stuff, for example? I mean, you know, it's, I don't have a ton of friends, you know, I don't. <laughs> We've been in lockdown. I haven't been, you know, I graduated college in the time being. Oh, so congrats. I, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been, you know, on campus with, nor, you know, normal life people. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I have some friends that I've told and they've all been really great. You know, I, I remember uh, I wasn't because the sexuality thing is very open, very recent. And, you know, with with my family, I kind of feel like it's not really relevant, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't really affect my relationship with them it doesn't really affect their lives or my life mm-hmm. um so i don't really feel the need to have some kind of like coming out mm-hmm. some people do i think I, i've read you know a lot of asexual people just it's just a personal thing it doesn't really affect anybody so it's not really it's just not, not a big relevant deal. Yeah. yeah it's just not a big it's just not a big big deal like i, I don't feel the need to come out because there's nothing to Ironically, it's like there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> you know, like it's not how do you come out is not possessing something. Yeah. Like, like that feels a little funny. So maybe if it comes up, if I the conversation arises, I, I don't have a problem telling them. But it hasn't yet. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I to- I totally get that. Yeah. It's like a need to know basis and perhaps people just don't need to know because it's just <laughs> not relevant. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like I don't like do you walk around and tell people your sexuality? Like <laughs> No, no, I think that's strange. Yeah, no, no, one, it's, no one cares. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And if they care, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you care that much, like, oh, sorry. Uh, there is, there are some people who you know they hear someone they sexual and they're like, I'm gonna change you. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's the same kind of guy that thinks they can like change a lesbian or like that's the yeah. same kind of just like 
weirdo nonsense. Or they say like, oh, you haven't met the right person yet, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you're not, I I know for a fact that you're not him. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to keep looking, buddy. Yes, no kidding. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, and then, so you mentioned in your initial email to me that you think being asexual makes it easier for you to do sex work. And you mentioned like sexual indifference. And I understand that. And I don't know. I just think it, I wanted to ask you like, cause for me, I do in-person sex work. And a lot of the time I am also indifferent just because like I'm providing a service. I'm not necessarily yeah. like attracted to somebody. So I guess sexual attraction isn't a factor in my work at all either. So mm-hmm. how do you think being asexual makes it easier for you to do sex work? I think it's basically the exact same thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and obviously if you don't understand sex work, you're not going to understand this aspect of it. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people understand, you know, I, I see all sorts of uh, queer sex workers and, and for me, you know, work, my work is work. Like this is my job. Mm-hmm. It's something that I love doing. I don't do anything I don't want to do, which I'm really, I'm really lucky for. And it's, it's just like any other job, you know, no one's a waitress because they just love bringing people drinks and appetite like like, like, that's, like no. their, that's their kink bringing people food. yeah that's, that's their passion <laughs> like you know when you go to ikea the guy doesn't work there because he's so into furniture like it's, it's just like anything else yeah they're just know? trying like, to pay, we're just trying to pay the bills at the end of the day <laughs> yeah yeah and like and i i will say like i i think sex and sexuality is really interesting like it's really cool to me that everybody has something really different and that there's something unique that everybody's into yeah there's like, something for everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I primarily right now do uh, phone sex in like the most classic sense. Like people call a number and either they, you know, get me specifically or sometimes people just like kind of go through names or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every time it's like roll the dice, it's it's, all, it's always something different. And it's always so interesting. <laughs> I Like I love it. It's so fun. I love talking to people about what turns them on and what is exciting to them. Cool. And so are you open online about being asexual? Like, do your clients know that you're asexual or do you not really put that out there? That's a pretty recent transition. I basically just, so, you know, it it was a real decision because, you know, again, it's not relevant necessarily to what I do just because for any other sex worker, it's not really about who you're attracted to. Like, Mm -hmm. like someone buying a photo set of me, has nothing to do with whether I'm attracted to them. It's whether or not they're Mm -hmm. attracted to me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not a, it's not a two way interaction in that sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to turn away someone from subscribing to my OnlyFans because I wouldn't personally have sex with them. Oh, of course. Take their money. (laughs) I think it's a silly standard, just like, you know, all sorts of lesbian creators that, uh, you know, either do in-person work or, you know, they're strippers or mm-hmm. they, you know, do, uh, you know, online work that's primarily for the male gaze, Wh- whatever it is, you're, you know, you're, you're making it work. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because I do see some openly queer sex workers online, or I guess I should say openly like gay, like being attracted to women mm-hmm. yeah. um, online. So, but yeah, I, I agree that, um, it's not a two-way street. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> just like just like when you go to Starbucks, they're not jumping in joy to uh to serve you. They're happy too, because you know that that's you know, that's that's their job and that's that's awesome, but that's not like their purpose for waking up in the morning bright-eyed and bushy-tailed is oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna 
I'm going to serve you the coffee of your dreams this morning. You're going to get this frappuccino. It's going to be the best goddamn frappuccino. I swear to God. And uh, if you you get better service at Starbucks, (laughs) if you're hot, I mean, probably. Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a little bit, but (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) should you? No, 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 absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you mentioned you do the phone lines, but you've also done other types of sex work. Do you want to tell us the other stuff that you've done? Yeah, yeah. So I started off doing camming in May of 2019. And I did that full time five days a week, really consistently till about December of 2020. Um, And just I don't know, December was kind of a bad month. Like, you know, the economy was in shambles. Mm -hmm. The world was in a mess. Like, what what are you gonna do? Um, So I took a break. And you know, I'd love to come back. I probably will go back. I I've thought about, you know, being on Twitch. Just also, I'm always working on like a hundred different things or a hundred different ideas are in my head. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, whatever. So for, I'm taking a little hiatus for right now. Um, I loved, I loved camming. It was really fun. Um, I was re- really consistent about it. I was, I was really good. Like I, wow. I was very disciplined about five days a week, 9 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Good for you. And I, what did you love about it so much? I tr- like, I truly, ideally don't ever want to have a boss if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not a, I'm not above going, you know, go working at Starbucks and having a boss. Like it's not that I'm above it. I just would prefer not to if I don't yeah. have to. Well, now now you got a taste of what it's like to just make your own money on your own time, your own schedule, yeah. and it's yeah. super hard to want to transition and do something else for me at least cuz I think about Absolutely. that all the time. It's like how am I going to work for somebody one day? Like I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, if, if, like yeah, if I don't have to, I would prefer not to. Yeah. Um and so with that, there is the level of well, obviously, obviously, being in sex work does limit, you know. And I, and I, and I get that. Like when I chose to start doing sex work, I knew I was like, I'm opening a genie's bottle. You know, I can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like I limiting to, your options for the future, you mean? Yeah, and obviously, it's, mm. it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. Obviously, yeah. you know, it, it, you shouldn't get, be disqualified from doing certain things because you're naked pictures on the internet. But mm-hmm. that's just how, how it is for right now. So that's mm-hmm. just something I have. To that has to be factored in if you want to do sex work. You know, I don't think it does anybody favors to pretend like that isn't real. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And especially if someone's doing exclusively online sex work, I think it's harder to hide that in the future just because people take your shit, your pictures are everywhere. And like, same thing for me, but I think a lot of escorts, you know, they try and blur their face. Mm -hmm. They're much more, they have a lot more anonymity, but when you're camming, you just don't have that same level of anonymity. Like it's just impossible, right? So yeah, yeah. And so that was obviously something that I thought about. And mm-hmm. obviously I don't want to be, you know, doxxed or have people, you know, everybody in my life like know what I'm doing. But yeah. at the same time, that's something that is very real. And I'm, you know, there's no reason that couldn't happen in the future. And that's a bridge to cross. And mm-hmm you know, it's okay. Like I made a choice and that's fine. Yeah. And do you so, think, but I, I, I do think that's very important is to like, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Be, go ahead. Be, I just, I just think it's very important to be aware of that, especially with, like you said, online work. So, um, I did camming, which I really loved because, you know, I could do my schedule and I was you know, my own boss and I didn't have to do anything I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like I've, yeah. And so for me, like, and again, I, I am not above any, kind of sex work i know there's like that level of some people or the like, hierarchy yeah, the, the hierarchy mm-hmm. that that's a perfect term yeah i'm i'm not above doing anything it's not that i just ha- i just haven't crossed that bridge yet and would you would you ever consider in-person sex work in the future i'm just curious I mean, 
if I, I don't have like a moral issue with it. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I, (laughs) the main reason I think that I like wouldn't would primarily because I just have a lot of vaginal pain and -hmm. it's really hard for me to just like comfortably have sex. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. I could, you know, toss giant bad dragon dildos at my pussy, (laughs) then like maybe, you know, if I could just, if it didn't hurt a lot of the time, frankly, mm-hmm. then maybe I'd probably be more open to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. um, and if I, you know, if I felt like I could be safe and do it, you know, do it in a, like a high end way. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm in a way, it. in a way that you are comfortable with. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not against the idea, but it's just not something that I've done or that I felt like I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I've also never done anything penetrative. I never put anything wow. in my in my mouth, in my pussy, or in my ass. Really? Um, so yeah. So then, what kind of stuff did you do on cam? Then, if people are um, curious, I did basically. Uh, I kind of had like a routine. I, I had a couple routines. For I started off doing a, a lot of bath shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but my basic routine has always been: um, I have a goal of usually either a thousand tokens or two thousand tokens. And what is that in like dollars, for example? Uh, so on Chatterbait, um, each token is purchased. Um, buy somebody for about 10 cents. Okay. And then I get about five cents of that. So I get half of it. Oh my God. So thou- yeah. So a thousand tokens is about 50 bucks for me. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, between a thousand tokens and 2000 tokens or, or 50 or a hundred dollars, depending on what I felt like for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, if we got to that goal, then we would have um, a ticket show and then you would pay between 29 and then it was up to 49 tokens for a ticket. So everybody was locked out of seeing the camera unless you tipped that that amount. Yeah. And then the whole time I had the show, I had a Levens toy, which basically every single cam model in the whole wide world has. I started off with the the Lush, which every single cam girl on the Chatterbait front page has. It's like the egg with the tail. Oh, oh, I think, yeah, I think I know what this is. Yes. Yes. If you have ever been on a campsite, it's the pink egg with like the tail thing. Those are, yeah, they're they're awesome. I've, I'm on my third <laughs> Levens. Actually, oh my God. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. So th- primarily, um, you know, if you tipped more than two tokens, then the toy would go off for a certain amount of time. So. Right. Okay. Yes. The, the interactive toy. Yes. Yes. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, so all the time, you know, if, so every every tip would uh, make the toy go off in a different amount of time or a different intensity. There's like patterns. So if you tip a specific amount, like 69 was my <laughs> favorite one. It would do like a special pattern. <laughs> oh it was gosh. fun. I love it. Yeah. So that is fun. Because I, I was like, well, if I'm going to masturbate, why not? I, well, so I, there are some girls that fake it, which I get. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, like there's a certain level of how many times can you come? yeah like so I get, I get it but for me I was like why would I pretend to masturbate when I could just masturbate and get off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like why would I just not just not do that yeah. so I all my orgasms are real like I really I used to like I can't fake it if I wanted to it, I'm not <laughs> I, I'm not good at acting like this is who I my personality this is who I am I'm like this all the time I it's a lot of effort to fake orgasming like oh yeah <laughs> and not look weird while doing it at least in my and experience then it, well then if you fake it once then you have to keep faking it like that yeah it's too much it, it's too much <laughs> a lie is too much it's too much so i'm always myself and my orgasms are always real and i figured out actually that i can squirt i used to wow. think that it was a myth i <laughs> i literally would tell i would literally tell people on my cam like people would ask like if i could squirt and i'd be like i'm pretty sure that's not real I'd be like, I don't like I was like I was like I think there's like 
three girls that can actually score it. And I think the rest of them are just peeing, you know? Right. I, I was like really skeptical because I was like, like, you're like, you're squirting on command and like four feet out. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, in porn, it's definitely fake. Like they're shooting water up there and making a squirt. But yeah, I, <laughs> that's where guys get these ideas from. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But I was actually really lucky. I, for the most part, people were really nice and like really kind. I had a lot of regulars. You know, people come in and say hi. It was it Aww, was awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I, it was really, really nice. And so, yeah, I <laughs> figured out that I could squirt. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, fuck yeah. They love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, hell yeah. So uh, so I really, for a while, had this routine of that ticket show. Usually it'd be like 2,000 tokens or 100 bucks for me. Um, and then we'd go into the, the ticket show. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had the, the regular show. Until yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Until, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the paid, the behind the yes. paywall, basically, show. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, where I would get naked. I never got naked um, unless I was behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually one of the... I, I was pretty good. I had a uh, um, a really so I <laughs> I charged extra for nudity if you went to mm-hmm. private shows with me. Mm-hmm. So you can go into private shows, pay per minute. Yeah, and I would say, okay, you pay per minute, but if you want to see me naked, you've got to give me seven hundred fifty tokens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would ha- I have it in the rules. I I had it like I would tell people I had a, a bot that when people entered and every couple minutes it would say like read the bio links like rules in bio mm-hmm. like I I would ask people before they went into the chat uh, to the private show if they had read the rules and they knew that you know so I was very upfront that nudity cost extra but you know it wasn't common and it uh I think it definitely led to a certain clientele as well as being hairy too so that uh, had I a certain clientele which is I love it that's like, in I think though it's awesome guys it's love great. that yeah it, it's, oh yeah yeah I I think I was a trailblazer because I was called a unicorn when I first got on <laughs> I everybody in my chat was like you were the only hairy girl on this website yeah oh, it's an God. advantage it's great I love it because like I don't want to shave my pussy it's uncomfortable and it's scratchy and itchy and no <laughs> yeah fuck it. if that's what you like to do go for it yeah, like, you know, and and I always said, like, it's totally fine if you're, if my look is not for you. That's fine. If you're not attracted to seeing someone with hairy armpits, like, that's your loss. But yeah. I get it. I'm not going to sit here and cry and whine if someone thinks that the hair on my pussy makes me gross. Like, <laughs> but, like whatever. Yeah, like, okay. They're sitting, they're sitting there with a giant bush as well, I'm sure. So. <laughs> I know. Or like, like, and I was, and I would say to people, like, in my chat, I was like, there are a million other women on this site or on the internet. You can absolutely go to them and get whatever it is that you want. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. I'm I'm not going to sit here and force you to buy my porn. But if I you wish. want my porn, for, I know. I right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you want my porn, it costs this this amount. And so I think being really upfront and being really clear with people that my services cost what they cost. It's okay if you don't want to pay that, but you're not going to get anything from me. Yeah, no, that's good. You had strong boundaries and you're very yes. upfront about everything. There was no hidden shenanigans, nothing like no, that, you know? No, no, yeah, no. just yeah. super straightforward. I think that's that's a good way to go about things for sure. Yeah, because like I I get it. Like, I, like I, I get being annoyed if you go on a show with somebody and they want extra if they didn't tell you that. Yeah. But, oh, I, I you could never argue that you didn't need to read the rules. I was crazy about it. I would ask people to write it was crazy but you know and if you don't want to that's that's your problem Mm -hmm. and i would have like a 10 minute limit so they'd be forced to spend like 300 Ah. tokens even if they (laughs) 
No, like, that's the thanks for not reading it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, like I agree. Like so, so many people just want to consume free content online and yeah. this is your job and yeah. it's not okay. Like, yeah, and, it, you want to look at a cam girl, you got to pay. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, you, and, you can't go to the strip club and not spend money. They'll be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I agree. And again, like, you know, I, I I get that some people don't want to pay for porn. Like, I get it. The internet is full of free porn. Mm-hmm. I, that makes sense. But at the same time, if you want to see my porn, well, then that's a different thing. And I think a really big thing in this industry and even just really for like any online person or any person trying to make a brand for themselves, you have to make them want your thing. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. you want to see a pair of boobs. You want to see my boobs. Well, everyone has tits. You got to have personality to go with the tits or people won't exactly. come back. <laughs> exactly. There's 10 trillion tits out there. Exactly. But I have to make somebody or, you know, I don't have to make somebody, but like ideally the person wants it because they want mine. Yeah. And that's what makes people come back. Like I, I, you know, I don't know about your thing, but I imagine that people like you so they come back to you. Otherwise, they could go to any other, um, you know, full service sex worker. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, about totally. you as a person and you as a personality. And I think that's really important and something that is what gives you the ability to actually make money. Because if there isn't that there, people aren't going to pay for it. And that makes sense. Well, it's the same thing with like the OnlyFans epidemic going on right now. It's like all these girls who are super beautiful, but they don't have a personality online and they're wondering why they're not making money. Like you can't just be hot these days and expect guys to give you money. Sure, maybe that works for some people, but not most. And it's a lot harder than people think. You actually have to put more of yourself out there personality-wise online in order to make people stay and spend money or even, yeah, for me to come back and stuff. Because even escorts, uh, you know, girls are in this industry for a short time and if they suck and have no personality and don't have customer service skills guys won't come back if you're just hot like they don't yeah you know they need more yeah and they're spending a lot of money so yeah. why not fuck somebody that you actually kind of like as a person you know yeah, imagine that <laughs> imagine mean, that <laughs> like <laughs> oh crazy it actually makes it better when you don't just apathetically hate or not care about the other person that you're with yeah incredible I mean and that's fine if people don't care about me either but like they probably oh, that's won't. fine yeah I, course, I already but... got their money so they just no, don't yeah no it, and like we said it's not about that it's not about how much you like them necessarily. oh yeah oh but no but helps even, but even them like I mean you know anyways okay so I want to take us back a little bit so do you remember what your first exposure to sex work was so it sounds like you did a lot of scrolling on on the tumblr back in the day so is that how you found <laughs> out about all this this whole world <laughs> I mean, you know, just like any other person on the internet, obviously you're going to find porn. Um, yes. Poor Tumblr banned uh, NSFW and uh, quote unquote really? female presenting nipples. Uh, oh, God forbid we see a nipple God on Tumblr. Forbid. What the hell? Yeah. God forbid. Before wow. that, um, it was like a Wild West. So, yeah, that's what, what I thought. Is, yeah, it, it was. Tumblr porn I, was I, a thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I wasn't big into it obviously yeah but uh i do know it was it was huge and that people would talk about like oh i have like my own you know some people talk about like they have like their porn reddit mm-hmm. or you know like like their porn twitter uh yeah. people would have like like their porn tumblr yeah yeah totally yeah yeah uh so there was a lot of that uh but <laughs> i actually remember being you know a little bit younger and in that age range and being like kind of interested you know like you know things are changing and kind of interested and I remember being kind of intimidated by watching like real porn. 
Because I think I had probably read about like how, you know, porn is exploitative and how it, you know, hurts your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Probably read some like anti-sex work kind of stuff. Yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> Just got it. So probably some like swerf stuff where it's like anti-sex work because it makes men hate women kind of stuff. All, um, all sex work is exploitative. All porn is exploitative. All sex work yep. is rape. That's another common yep. common uh, yep. ideology yeah. in the swerf community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... I think it just kind of like screamed me out a little bit. So I, I would read like erotic fan fiction mm-hmm. and I, th- it's so funny. Cause like so many people get their, their sexual awakening from Wattpad or AO3. What's that? AO3. Oh, what, you know, Wattpad. Uh, no. It's, oh my God. It's a, uh, it's like a fanfic website. Okay. You know how sense. people, oh, people talk, make jokes all the time about like, like Harry Styles and like One Direction. Do you remember Larry? No, is he, thought, is he like, a One Direction member? Because no, oh, no, 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 no. Um, it's like Louis and ha- these two band members from One Direction. I only like uh, Zayn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson. Okay, okay. And, but fifteen-year-olds on Tumblr were obsessed with uh, them being together, and oh. that was just like they were shipping them. Larry, that was, like, a big thing. Yes, I understand. So, okay, <laughs> so that kind of like genre of you know, 12 to 15 year old girls shipping two famous people together <laughs> is basically what Wattpad exists for. Okay. It's basically just like, and I'm, there's great writing on there. I'm sure there are, there are long stories where people write all tens of thousands of words and incredible epic narratives. But what uh, Wattpad and AO3 are known for is like teenage girl smut fan fiction <laughs> that it's it's like it's like teen it's like teens trying to figure out their sexuality oh. by writing smut like you, you can okay. tell they've never had sex you can tell they've never been in an adult relationship oh that's so funny i'm totally gonna look this up after <laughs> oh you oh. should oh yeah the front page of wattpad is probably got like tiktok kids or oh something god oh scary. my god <laughs> i won't know scared. any of their names yeah, me neither. But oh my god, that's so funny. That's wow, very interesting. And then so when you started to or how did you decide to actually make the jump into becoming a sex worker? Why did that happen? I mean, I uh, it was something that I thought about. It was something that I knew would be a big decision and something that I had to really consider it in a serious way. And so I think I spent a little bit of time thinking about it and I re- I remember reading blogs and when I, sometimes I get into stuff and I get like on a kick where I spend a couple hours or a couple up to a couple weeks sometimes just on a topic. Mm-hmm. And so I probably had one of those where I was on this like ravenous binge of just like, I want to learn about sex work. I'm so interested. Like what, it, what is this? How do people do this successfully? You know, what is this world like? So there was that. And also I wasn't raised with the, the thought that human human bodies and human sexuality is like gross and unnatural and weird mm-hmm. like my mom I, you know we grew up going to like art museums all the time and it was never like haha we're gonna point at the naked l- lady in the statue like you know the human body is just the human body everybody's got a butt everybody's got nipples like mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's fine it's the human form isn't something that's inherently sexual and something that has to be hidden away and so yeah. I didn't go into it with that thought i was like you know if you want to sexualize me that's fine people already do that so why not like you're doing it on your own terms. that mm-hmm. yeah why not do that on my own terms like people are going to sexualize me and people are going to you know want things from me and treat me a certain way because of the way that i look so why not benefit from that monetize and, that shit <laughs> yeah 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 and you know i'm i can't imagine it'll last forever and that's fine i've always kind of thought i'm gonna 
you know, ride the wave out, wave out. And when it ends, it ends and that's fine. And I'll figure out something else to do. Girl, my, one of my good friends is 62 and she's a very successful cam model. So you got several decades left. (laughs) I mean, I see, I see women and I, or I see people that have been in sex work for years and years. And I, I respect the fuck out of that. I don't, you know, but at the same time, like maybe, you know, one day I just might want to switch or do something else. Just like any job. Sometimes you get bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to try something different or, you know, I would love to, you know, help advocate for, uh, you know, decriminalization of sex work. Uh, You know, obviously up here there's, you know, luckily you can, you can operate and be safe and Mm -hmm. not (laughs) scared that, you know, you're, you're not, not as scared. You're going to have somebody do something shady to you and not have any recourse. Yeah. But, you know, in the U.S., it's it's really scary. And people... Mm-hmm. Dude, I see news reports of people that get arrested. They're like, oh, like in these sex trafficking stings and there's like women arrested. And people assume that these women are part of the trafficking organization. Oh, yeah. Like, God, women are like, you can't trust them. And, oh, you see stories about women like luring women. And it's like... Well, first of all, fuck you. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> second of all, it's it's so... I'm sure that there are women that are involved in the organizational aspect of like sex trafficking. Oh, there is, for sure. There obviously, is. Obviously, that, that but, is very But real. they're arresting the victims of se- sex trafficking, and yeah. that's wrong. Like, these women, these people need help, and it's criminalized on both ends. That's why sex workers are afraid in the States to go to the police for help, because they're criminalized as well. It's criminalized on both sides, the client and the sex worker, and I think that's just, like, really sad. Like, if a client fucks you up, beats you up, rapes you, whatever, yeah, you can't really do much ab- about that, because you'll get arrested. Like, how fucked up is that? It's just totally totally unfair, totally backwards. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And I, you know, I think there is that level where people just assume that if, you know, if you're a prostitute, then you got, you're that way because of either, either some horrible childhood trauma, which Mm -hmm. is treated as if it's like your fault and funny, which whatever. So weird. Or like on drugs or Mm -hmm. you're forced to do that or, you know, like there's so many unfortunate stereotypes and the fact that it's often thought that women cannot choose this line of work you know with their own autonomy and that is something had to have happened to them or they had to be forced into it like it's just it can't ever just be a choice and that's what it is for a lot of sex workers it is just simply a choice like yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and especially online sex work Mm -hmm. where there isn't like like there's no one with a gun to my head making me do this. Yeah. And this this is something that I say to my clients or, you know, to I'm like, or or people that online are like, you're scamming men by having what? an OnlyFans. And I'm like, How's that a scam? I'm like, no one has a gun to this person's head, forcing them to input their credit card information <laughs> onto a website to buy porn. You know, like th- you're yeah. making a choice. It, it, no one is forcing you to buy porn. There's so, it's so silly, which, Oh man, it's its own thing. But and do you, there is a level where people think that I'm like a seductress, or or people like OnlyFans girls, whatever, are are seductresses, and you're just like hypnotizing men into 
inputting credit card information. I mean, there is like the computer. Yeah, it's like there is the financial domination side of online sex work or even in-person sex work, which is a little bit different, but that's its own own thing. thing. And yeah, these men are not being tricked into buying our porn. You know, it's not a scam. It's not a trap. Like I've never scammed anyone in my life. You know, it's just... But like, why would you? (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to. People give me their money anyways. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, like... And I wanted exactly. to, and I wanted to ask you: Do you think that the stigma is less when you're an online sex worker compared to in person? I mean, obviously, on some level, yes, there is absolutely a level of people think like, okay, well, you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're not whoring yourself, yeah. you're not, you know, you're not stooping down, so you know, some, something nasty like it's, that. It's like seeing like prostitution is seen as like the lowest form of sex work quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. On the on the hierarchy, you're yep, right. Yep. Uh, even though it's foundational, and you know, yeah, it's how it all but, started. <laughs> yep. You, you're. Yeah. There's no online sex work without no, you know, in-person sex work. But mm-hmm. I think that yes, obviously. I but I think that distinction is made more online, more within sex work, more within the sex work discourse, as opposed to maybe like your regular Joe that just sees like. Just, you know, I, I think a lot of people just think that the slut they see on Pornhub is no different than any other slut. You know, you know, I think mm. there's a level of like a whore's a whore. Mm, okay. And th- that people don't make the distinction. They think that if you have an OnlyFans that you'll meet up with people. <laughs> they think that if you, you know, have an OnlyFans that, you know, you're just fucking people or mm-hmm. I don't know. There's probably like some weirdo that thinks that w- women troll Tinder to get men to have sex with them on OnlyFans and trick them. I mean, I I'm do sure that. that. Well, I do that, but I don't trick them. I tell don't them. Trick them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I'm sure that there are people that think that you would or do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You there's, can, there's so many assumptions that people th- make. You're never, people are going to think whatever they're going to think. And mm-hmm. you're, if you already have a negative idea in your head, you're just going to put that on that person. Like I know that when people judge me, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me as a person all the time. It's not always about something specific to me. Or... Well, it's never about you. It's about them and their yeah. own projections and their own shame yeah. that they have around their sexuality and sex work. And that's yeah. totally so them. I, I it has nothing to do with you. These people don't know you, you know? It's, yeah. So I don't take it personally. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you don't like me that, I mean, I, I'm lucky. I'm really <laughs> lucky. I don't have a lot of hate luckily, Yeah. but for the most part, you know, it, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and force you to be attracted to me or force you to buy my porn or any anything else like that. But at the same time, I also don't think that if you have a negative view of my sex work, that that is indicative of a problem within me or myself yeah. or, or even the industry. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a personal problem and oh, yeah. it's not something that I care to worry about that much beyond the that's where it harms people and mm-hmm. but at the, end, at the end of the day individually on my end if i see like a weird bad thought on twitter from some random you know random anonymous account mm-hmm. I, I don't take it personally yeah and it's like i i don't think that it's my responsibility to explain myself to people either to make people like me either like i just i don't care you know take it or yeah. leave it yeah ex- exactly take it or leave it whatever you want don't make it my problem if you don't like me necessarily. Like your opinion of me is not necessarily my business. Yeah. You know, I don't have to know your opinion of me. You're not obligated to tell me. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> I wish more people realized that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man. Like, having an opinion does not necessitate you sharing it. 
all the time. Yes, yes. That's the beauty of being online is that everyone behind a computer, behind a screen, thinks that they they have a right to share an opinion about everyone else. (laughs) You have the right to share it. I just don't have to care about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So when you think it's a good opinion. Yeah, no kidding. So when you first started in sex work, did you have any preconceived notions of what the job would be? And did that differ from what it was actually like? I mean, I always knew that I was never going to do anything I didn't want to do. I went into it because I, because, you know, because I read and I, and I, it was a lot of like, uh, it was a lot of, People saying, don't do anything you don't want to do. There's no amount of money that's worth laying in bed at night, coping. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I hope that video doesn't leak. I hope that you know that mm-hmm. VOD doesn't go on a rip site somewhere because I regret doing that. Yeah. Um, and you have to be really clear and strong about your boundaries. Yeah. So that's if, good if, that you came into the industry with boundaries because I think a lot of people yes. don't. And boundaries are something that are learned over time. But I think it's great to have an idea when you first start for sure. Because people, oh, did you yeah. find when you were new that people tried to push your boundaries? Because they knew that you were new. <laughs> that so that's actually something that specifically I read about where people I I knew people would trawl in the new tag to try to get mm-hmm. try to trick girls. So there were certain things that I knew ahead of time, like Good. um like on Chatterbait, you'd never do a password show because the trick so the trick is um in a private show it's it's like a separate mechanic and it charges their account automatically like every 20 seconds or every like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So there's no way for them to cheat you out of the tokens, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But on a password show, there's no cost necessarily. What you do is you change the like the privacy of the of the stream to password only, and then you give them the password because they tell you that they're going to pay you however many tokens. Oh yeah, yeah. But they're not going to do that. <laughs> yes. So what you've done is you've kicked out the entire show or your entire audience to have one jackass try mm-hmm. to scam you. Love that. So how nice. Yeah, I, th- I think I maybe only fell for that one. I. Th- Everybody has to. Everybody gets scammed once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets scammed. Like oh. it's just part of it. Mm-hmm. Even people said that they're like, "You're gonna get scammed. Don't stay up at night about it. It's okay." I actually got scammed on my phone line the other day. It was my fault. I thought that he had called in on my cam line, which is obviously more expensive. And I just like because he went right into it. I just I don't know. I just I didn't hear the operator, and I just assumed it was the cam line. So I gave him a cam show for my <laughs> phone. I was like, "Oh, how lucky!" <laughs> I, I was like, "Fuck!" And you know. That that was on me. Like I didn't hear the little operator tell me. Like I could have checked. That was that was on me. But you know, I went. Oh God damn it! And Shit then happens. I, yeah. Like and then I just I didn't think about it because I didn't I didn't want to. I'm not gonna let twenty bucks ruin my day. No, no, of course I not. Can't. I can't. I can't sit there and fume about how this guy tried to rip me off or this person tried to do this or did or whatever. Like or this. You can't live like that. No, you're gonna you'd be exhausted. Crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. Because if. If you look for a reason to be upset, you're going to be upset. If you look for, you know, your ripped stuff online intentionally and you get mad about it without doing anything about it, you're not being productive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're just getting mad about something that you, you can't know, do anything day, about. Like, you know, you can send your DMCA request. You can pay, you know, cam model protection. I wish I could afford them. Mm-hmm. Um, they sound great. But, you know, all, all that stuff. And at a certain point, it's like... Wh- I, I watermark my streams because I figure that they're they're inevitably going to get ripped. Yeah. So what I was like, well, they're going to get ripped. I know people are going to steal the content. That's something that you have to accept. So I'm going to make it easy for people who see it to find me. So exactly. my shit was watermarked like to an annoying point. <laughs> I would have like two DMCA's and like three or four usernames and I would 
I was like, if you're going to rip it, you are going to be able to find me. Yeah, I mean, but that's a lot of people are doing that because, yeah, it's good. Why yeah, not? You should. I do assistance for people for promoting on their Reddit. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll post on their behalf mm-hmm. uh, in subreddits that are best for them at a specific time that works best for them. I have like, you know, captions that I pick out and I tell them the. I, I love Reddit, so I'm I'm very big about that. But I have clients who don't water who I tell like you got to watermark everything because people are going to steal it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you may as well get people to know where to find you, right? Yes, amen. Can't stop to that. the reposting, so you may as well use it to your advantage. <laughs> so you mentioned in your initial email to me as well that you find the world of kink very fascinating. So what specifically do you find fascinating about the world of kink? Well, I mean, like I, we talked about earlier, the the spectrum of human sexuality is vast and it's mm-hmm. bottomless. Mm-hmm. Like any, like you know, the, the, what is it like Rule Thirty Four? If you can think of it, there's porn. Oh, there's really? Porn of everything. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, like if you can, if you can think of Lightning McQueen having sex with a toaster, I guarantee that exists. Like it, <laughs> it exists. So, someone has that. Oh, totally. And so, yeah, and you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, then nothing wrong with that. And so I am super interested. And if it's, you know, if you're not hurting anybody, I'm super happy to help. I think it's cool. Yeah. So So you you would never kink shame. (laughs) No, unless you like want to like harm somebody or do something like really illegal now. Okay. Okay. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And so would you say that you have a typical type of client? Obviously everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, you know, you get different clientele on different platforms on Chatterbait, it, you know, it was a lot of people who loved uh, hairy women. Uh, you know, it was just all sorts of people, people that weren't necessarily super kinky because that wasn't exactly what my stream was about. Mm-hmm. But on Night Flirt, which is the phone service that I use, it really tends to draw a, a more curated crowd, I think, because it is, you know, it's more expensive and it's more personal. Mm-hmm. And the kind of person who wants to talk to somebody on the phone, mm-hmm. I think, they like a different thing than somebody who likes cam lines might or somebody who might, who likes free porn on Pornhub might like. There's a different thing that people are getting out of it. So like more kinky, you would say? Is that what you're getting at? Uh, it depends. More personal. I okay. think I think a lot of it is really personal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of people that don't have anyone to tell or yeah. like an outlet for that. And this is like a safe uh, outlet for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I love. You know, I... I have all sorts of people. I get. I have gotten sneezing by yeah. at least three separate clients on the phone. Yes, on the phone. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of a sneezing fetish. So you yeah, just pretend I mean, to sneeze. <laughs> well, I mean, trade secret here. Uh, I don't want to break the illusion, <laughs> but I cannot. I, no, you're fine. But I cannot <laughs> sneeze on command all the time. Very convincingly. Yeah. So. Um, Perhaps once or twice I have pulled up a uh, YouTube compilation. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant! Of course, the the gas related ones uh, tend to be hard. Oh, the <laughs> farting ones. Well, yeah, who's farting on command? I can make myself burp on command, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> awesome. So I do have that skill. I can do that. Nice, but it's hard to make yourself fart on command. Oh my god, I love this so much. That's so funny. So, what are your favorite types of like phone sessions to do? Then, I mean, I have sometimes as people just want to talk. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I feel like I'm generally a pretty good conversation. Like talk about gen- what? Honestly, anything. Just life. Tell- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Or like sexual escapades or sexual fantasies from when they were younger mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People talking about their life. I feel like I am generally someone that's pretty easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my in my real life, I 
really have a tendency to make connections with people really, really quickly. I've, I've known like, I've known people who I meet them one time and they're telling me about like deep family secrets. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's something about me sometimes that I think some people were just really feel comfortable with. No, you're super so, nice, super personable. And I think you're a great conversationalist. So I can definitely understand why men would tell you their deepest fantasies. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I'm not going to kink shame as long as you're not doing something crazy illegal. Well, yeah. Whatever it is, like all good with me. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And do you <laughs> ever get any like unreasonable requests that you have to decline? Does that happen often? Uh, what? Once or twice I've gotten somebody that wants something underage mm, and mm-hmm. so that i just immediately hang up and block um once or twice i think because um because night flirt doesn't monitor or record any of its calls mm-hmm. um because if they did they would have to have some like record bot say it and they don't want to do that because no one would call yeah, uh, yeah. For, <laughs> so yes. they don't so they don't monitor or record anything so i I don't know this, but I have a feeling that some people with like illicit or illegal fantasies might be thinking like it would be easier to have a sex worker go along with that yeah. because it's not being monitored. So they it's they like know that it's not monitored. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if, if it was, they would have to have like a this call may be monitored and, or recorded. Yeah. And do other phone sex lines have that like monitoring or? I honestly don't know. Okay, I would. Okay. I don't know. I would be willing to to bet no because mm-hmm. at least I know at least in America, and if you, or if your audience is in America, th- what they have to do is they have to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think that would pretty much instantly kill your business. Yeah. If someone, you know, if people are calling phone sex lines and they're getting someone's going to listen to this call. <laughs> We're yeah. going to record it. Like I would never want to call a line that was going to record my call. Maybe. Yeah. No, it's especially weird. if I put in my credit card number, oh, like, yeah. no, fuck that. Totally. That's my guess is that maybe they feel like, because it's, you know, it's like a, like in text, you know, obviously you can print that, you can mm-hmm. screenshot it on a cam line. Those are usually have the capacity to be recorded. So I don't know, but generally though, people are pretty good. It's, mm-hmm. and I also, I, I advertise myself more towards a more submissive clientele. And I think that people on phone sex lines tend to skew more submissive mm-hmm. from what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. The most of the most uh, successful people on the platform tend to be doms and people who are doing either like fetish stuff or, you know, anything unique, really. Yeah, because but, I th- and I think that's because like men they feel safer when it's anonymous, but it's also more yep. personal than just over text, like you said. Yes. And yeah, maybe because it's like men see sex workers for their fantasies as well that they want to play out in yep. person. But if it's something like super kinky, maybe they're not even comfortable going to an in-person sex worker. They don't have the option. Oh, yeah. You know, so, yep. Yeah. I've, I absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's a little bit cheaper too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, that as <laughs> yeah, well. Of course. And then again, some, some people are, they, they could be, they could be do, doing in-person if they wanted to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's fascinating. I, I think it's a lot of, at least in my experience, um, it's been a lot of submissive men. And I think that's also part of it is there's a level of, you know, it's uncomfortable or, you know, confusing or weird to express being submissive. Or if you're a lot of married men, a lot of old, it's not a lot of older men. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're like, I'm not going to go see a sex, like a sex worker. I wouldn't even, probably wouldn't even know where to go. Yeah. Like, Aww. and I think they like, 
they like talking to somebody and having a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, you get the the five minute heavy breathing calls. Like that, that, <laughs> oh. that's fine. Like I'm super happy to do that. I'll be like watching a movie and I'll be like, oh shit, give me a second, <laughs> run out of the room, take my call, then come back in and keep going with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just another day at the office. Love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like oh shit, I'm on call. Awesome. Um, or you know, you get you know 20 minutes or 45 minutes. I've had. I, I've heard I've heard stories of some models having like ten hour calls, Oof. which, which I mean, the money would be great, but oh my god, it sounds scary. That's a long time. Oh my god. I think the longest I've had was maybe like an hour and a half so far, okay. and that was fun. That was fine, but your mouth gets sore. Yeah, I mean, it's also just it's hard to think of things to talk about because oh. they just want to talk about their kink at a certain <laughs> point, or they're like leading into it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like building up to it. I had one dude who just like wanted to talk about um, how much he loved Cleopatra. Oh. The historical figure as well as the movie. Oh. He told me, uh, he was like nice, to, you know, he told me about like he lives so-and-so and he cares for this woman and, you know, who's elderly and his son lives with them, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, all this, all this stuff. And I take notes because I can take notes and I, and I'm interested to remember, like if I talk to him again, I want to remember. He said that, you know, his son's name was this or he's into this kind of thing or w- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was super into Cleopatra mm-hmm. and uh, he was, re- he told me he was so obsessed with the movie Cleopatra when it came out, like in like the seventies or something, he, he went like every day for like the whole summer and they would let him in for free. <laughs> and then years later, they had this like 10 hour release of the movie Cleopatra that came out. And it was this like, no, like they sold 10 copies of it and no one was ever going to see it. So he spent like $10,000 on the 10 hour cut of this movie and he said he's never watched it because he's like waiting for the perfect day. Oh my god, that's so he's cool! Had it for like, he's had it for like ten years, and you know, I, th- I think somebody like that, it's hard to find connection with people. You know, he's older, and yeah. I know he's really nice. I love talking to him. Oh, that's um, so nice, though. Like, yeah, the poor old guy just wants to talk about Cleopatra, and you know, some girls would be like, mm, "That's weird." Like the poor man. But I'm, <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, dude! Like. Yeah. You went every day, and he's like, "Yeah, they would let me in for free at a certain point." <laughs> I love that so much. They're like, "Oh, this old man's so- back again." <laughs> you know, Dave or whatever it is. I'm like, "How you doing?" Oh God! Any <laughs> other the best? Any other interesting clientele that you can tell us about? So many. I I'll get into the cucks because I get a yeah. lot of cucks. And tell love- us what is cuck holding? Oh, I <laughs> love a good cuck. I will. I do have one more interesting one, which is fur. Ooh. That dude was really into fur coats. Mm-hmm. and uh, really into the idea of like teaching a woman how to pleasure herself with a fur coat because apparently it's great. Oh. Apparently, uh, pleasuring yourself with a fur coat is amazing. Like rubbing it on yourself or shoving it inside of you? Rubbing it on yourself, I think. <laughs> okay. I think okay. I think just like sensual... He was more into like the slow, sensual side of it. Yes. That awakened when he jerked off in his grandmother's fur-lined glove. Wow. Yep. Wow. Like, awesome. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> that one in the notes. So I was like, all right. <laughs> poor grandma. Oh, that poor glove. I know. Those are expensive. <laughs> I can imagine. It was probably 50, 60 years ago, too. Oh, so my God. I know. I know. <laughs> and he had a whole fantasy about, like, his, you know, the whole thing. But fur <laughs> coats were, were definitely a uh, thing. And I, I will say, I did buy a faux fur coat at a vintage store. Mm-hmm. And I did have the thought of, Oh, he'd love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's a great coat. It looks, it's like black. It's, it looks like a, like what a princess would go uh, ice skating in. Amazing. In a princess movie. Oh, he would love that. 
He would. I haven't talked to him in a little while, but when I do, he's going to be so proud of me. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and now tell us about the cucks. Oh, love a good cuck. Mm-hmm. I find that many of my clients are cucks, uh, at least on the on yeah, the phone sex line. Mm-hmm. And there tends to be like a kind of a like a cabal of <laughs> of related kinks and not not everybody who's into cuckoldry has all of these kinks all the time, but there tends to be this pattern that I notice where there's a like, you know, there's a lot of overlap with like small penis humiliation, with um, humiliation, with emasculation, with it gets into like weird racial stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ironically, they're like black supremacists. Like they're not white supremacists. Mm. Ironically, they're like black men are sexually superior. And obviously that's mm. based in like, like old racist, like that's based in like weird racist racial stuff we could get into if we really wanted to but (laughs) but they have this idea that like black men are sexually superior to i mean them really it's more about them yes but and how they want like their wife or their or the object of their desire to be like pleasured like it's a lot Mm -hmm. of it seems a lot of like i can't pleasure a woman so i want her to be able to be pleasured by a better man than i am Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is like that tends to be the general thesis is my dick is too small or <laughs> I can't fuck her right or she just wants more than I can give her or whatever it is, but I want her to be happy, so I want her to go fuck other men. Yeah. I love but that. But then <laughs> there's also an aspect that and obviously not every person who's in a cuckoldry is feel it feels this and but I've noticed that there tends to be this overlap with I really think that it's a level of like homoerotic feelings or fantasy or just something that they like can't put their finger on. But there's a lot of overlap of these cucks wanting to like be made to suck dick or wanting Mm. to lick cum out of their wife's pussy or. Ah, yeah. Interesting. And it's like they're curious, but they have to be forced in order yes. for it to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, there is a level of like, I kind of want to suck. Like, like I basically, I want to suck his dick, but I don't want to say that I want to suck his dick. Exactly. So I want you to make me. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, that's really cool. And yeah, I could see how that would be something popular. Yeah. Cause that, and then, yeah, a lot of times men feel so much shame around wanting to explore with other men and it's just you know everyone thinks oh two girls that's hot but two guys it's like seen as gross the shame is what they get off on they get Mm. off on them being emasculated like that Mm -hmm. so it's this i think like i'm not a (laughs) i'm not a sexual psychologist (laughs) i'm just i'm just spitballing yeah but i feel like there's a level of i want like i have this just kind of nebulous desire this attraction towards like masculinity it seems like mm-hmm. not even necessarily dicks or specific mm-hmm. men but masculinity mm-hmm. and not feeling like they're masculine enough they're getting something sexually out of a bigger man i mean it, f- it feels a little greek to me it feels a little uh <laughs> feels a little spartan mm-hmm. like you uh have some desire for your your fellow bro to uh <laughs> Not all of them want to get anything in their ass. That seems to be like a limit. I think mm-hmm. that's also maybe like why some of them don't feel like it's a like 
about the men when it definitely is partially about the men. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, I don't want a dick in my ass. So I can't be gay. gay. (laughs) I'm not gay. But if my wife was a bitch and she like made me suck this guy's dick, uh, I'd probably come on the spot. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. putting a dick in your ass doesn't make somebody gay. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no, obviously. No, obviously. No, no, I know. I just want the listeners to know. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. The uh, God did not put your prostate up there and make it feel so good for Mm -hmm. for no reason. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, you know, um, Cage, you know, cock cages. You know, I have people that call me that are like, my wife's out right now mm-hmm. with, um, they call, sometimes they call it a bull. That's yep. like the term for it. Yep. Like, oh, she's out with like our bull right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, they go out three times a week and I'm in a cock cage and she wants me to call, like, she lets me call you. <laughs> I love that. I That's know. So funny. He's, he's oh great. My God. I, yeah, he's great. One time I made him come and his wife locked him up for a month. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yeah, so he's like, oh, my wife goes out like three times a week and sometimes she allows me to call you and not mm. come. And it's like another level of tease where... Yeah. yeah, so obviously there is a level of... Some of the things that people say aren't going to be 100% true. Oh, you yeah. Know, not, but it's the not every Exactly. And so... But I find that it's easier for me to just interact with it as if it's real. Like, yeah. if you tell me that your wife is out with getting fucked by another man right now, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, like, how big is his dick? Yeah, you know, like, like awesome. I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and go like, I don't think so. Um, I think I'm lying. Like, like, you'd be a terrible no. phone sex worker if you were. Oh my god, doing that. I think you're lying. <laughs> it's like uh, my, yeah, my dick's hard. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and it's just more fun to interact with it. Like, like I said earlier about, um, if I'm gonna get paid to masturbate, why would I fake it? Yeah. You know, like if I'm gonna get paid to interact with people. Why am I going to fake, you know, enjoying the conversation or, or, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you kind of fake that, but yeah, but fake my interest because like, I am interested. So mm-hmm. when I ask questions and when I want them to clarify and when I want them to explore, obviously there's the level of, I want to fulfill this for them and I want them, I want, I want to understand how I can make them feel good. I can't know if they don't tell me. So they have to tell me like, mm-hmm. I want my wife to fuck this guy. Like, yeah, I, I and but that's what makes you, that's what makes you successful though because you're going there you're you know you're yeah 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 and I'm cur- and I genuinely am curious and I want to know because I think it's really cool that he wants another man to like fuck his wife or whatever it is or you know have a cock in his mouth or like combat <laughs> over pussy or whatever it is whatever anybody is into you're long as you're not hurting anybody I think it's super cool I so, love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, I, we got to wrap it up pretty soon here. So, yeah. one another question I had: if if you could do anything in the world, if if money was no object, what's your dream job? What would you like to do? Oh, my dream job. I mean, oh my god. I mean, if well, money is no option, I wouldn't want to work. <laughs> I don't dream of labor. Okay, okay, you got to do something though. What's <laughs> oh, I have to do something? Oh god. Oh, or you can. I mean, I mean sure. Then that, actually, you know, that could be your answer. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, beyond my capital, you know, my my socialist dream of a, I do not, I do not dream of labor. Yeah, uh, well, that's my fair. like, <laughs> my 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 goal eventually would I, I would love to own a really nice or a high end either dispensary or a high end uh, head shop where I sell like artisan five hundred dollar bongs. <laughs> that's so cool. Awesome. In a vacation world, because I I used to go down to the White Mountains in New Hampshire when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. 
And I love the whites. Like I would love to live there, get down over the border back in hellscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd love to live there. And so the idea of like, I don't think it's legal there yet, but once it's legal, having like a fancy head shop so vacationers can uh, can buy fancy bongs and fancy pipes by cool artisan glassmakers. Yeah. That would be pretty fun. Cool. That's awesome. And where can people find you online? Well, I am everywhere at Ellie, E-L-L-I-E, next door, like your neighbor, one, <laughs> Ellie next door one. Uh, yeah, I just, just made a website. It's still a work in progress because I'm not paying anybody yet to do it. Mm-hmm. My computer won't work with it. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> working on a website, but I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter. I was on Chatterbait, Twitch, Instagram, Reddit. I'm big on Reddit. My OnlyFans, of course, uh, if you want to see me naked, that's basically the only place to see it. I post full, full length uh, nude cum videos every single day. Oh my God. Every day you're busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a, I have a big backlog of uh, stream highlights. Cool. That's I would, awesome. I would record my, my cum show. You got to be, you got to be efficient about your content creation. Absolutely. We love efficiency. Yeah. So I have like three months of, uh, of videos that I, so I can post every single day. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah, everyone definitely subscribe to our OnlyFans. I will put all of your links, all your information down below. And oh, bless you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I mean, I'm so glad I got to talk to you. Yeah. You're so nice. I had such a good time. Aww. And I, I hope your listeners are interested. You know, I know it's a little bit out there, but I, I, th- I think if I think if you listen and people think about it for a minute, I think people will get it. So yeah, no, I, I think hope they you're very articulate. I think you explained everything. Great. I think it's going to be a super awesome, interesting episode. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right. That concludes the interview portion with Ellie. Big thanks to her again for coming on. Super fun to hear from her and learn all about phone sex and what it means to be asexual as a sex worker. Now I've got lots and lots of questions this week. Thank you for everybody who sent some in. A lot of uh, very deep questions. So we have, does being seen as an object or hobby bother you? Um, I don't really care how other people see me necessarily. I think when men in general refer to seeing escorts as a hobby, I do think that's gross and I don't like it. So stop doing that. But uh, you can view me as an object as long as you pay me. So thank you. Have you ever had a male, female, male threesome? If so, did you like it? You know what? I have never had a threesome with two guys like that. I've done like two girls and two guys, but never two guys and one girl, but I would like to. And, you know, I've had so many girl, girl threesomes over the years. And then, you know, guys always want to do that. But then when I tell them I want two guys, they look at me like I have three heads. They're like, what the hell? I think that's a little bit unfair. So one day, one day I will do that and I'll report back. Do you make up texts for Twitter content? No, I absolutely do not. These are real texts that I get. I have never once made up anything. I do mess with people on purpose for shits and gigs because I think it's funny. But I also am very aware that these people texting me nonsense in the first place are not serious. So I think it's okay to mess with them. But no, I do not make up anything for Twitter content. I can't make that shit up. The shit people send me. Have you seen it? My goodness. Someone else asks, as a new sex worker, best condoms slash recommendations. Is there a great one size fits all or do I need an entire arsenal of condoms? Um, I would say buy your condoms in bulk from condodepot.com or something. Um, I buy condoms like once a year now because uh, you can just get so many on there and it's much cheaper than buying them at the store. Even at Costco, it's significantly cheaper. And ask some other girls if you know them, if they want to go in on the order with you because sometimes shipping is expensive, but it's so worth it. I started using the Crown condoms. They're in like a blue package. Those apparently are like the number one best-selling condom of all time. 
So those are normally the ones I use. I also like to have uh, large ones. So that could be Magnums. I think Magnums smell disgusting. So I have a different kind of extra large condom. And then I also have a slim fitting condom. So a little bit smaller. And those are all available on Condom Depot. And also for like covered blowjobs and stuff, I carry a lot of flavored condoms just because I prefer that. And on Condom Depot, you can get variety packs. So you can try out a bunch of different ones too and see what you like the most. But yeah, there's so many on there and there's reviews and they'll tell you like best condoms, best selling ones, whatever. So definitely take a look. Highly recommend doing that. It's much cheaper. Like spend like 500 bucks on condoms. You'll be good for two years. Do you believe that being a sex worker will affect your future outside the industry? I hope not, but I think it's naive of me to think that it wouldn't. So that is something that I think about. So yes, I do think it will affect me. As to what extent, I'm not sure yet. We will have to see. Have you ever been kicked out of a hotel for being a sex worker? I have not, but I do know a few girls that it has happened to, and that's like my worst nightmare. Like, I would be so embarrassed, honestly. I mean, shit happens, but oh, no, not yet. I have gotten one noise complaint, and that's pretty good for like working for six and a half years now. So how can you keep sex special or intimate outside the industry while having sex multiple times with multiple people every day? Bold of you to assume that I'm having that much sex right now. I'm very busy. I'm not even working that much. Um, my 17 per day client minimum has dwindled a little bit, but when I'm working, it's work. And I probably do not have an emotional connection with my clients because I'm providing a service. That's all at the end of the day. So if I'm having sex outside of work, usually I would like to like the person. I mean, sometimes I don't, but you know, it's just two very different things. Sex and intimacy are very different for me. And so if I'm choosing to have sex for somebody with free, you best believe that they're special. As a child, what did you think would be awesome about being an adult, but isn't as awesome as you thought it would be? Well, this one's very simple. Just being an adult. It's not that awesome. It's very stressful. What are you taking in school and what do you want to be after being a sex worker? I don't know if I feel comfortable sharing exactly what I'm taking because my faculty is very small, but um, social sciences and I'm also doing a digital marketing program right now. And as to what I want to be after being a sex worker, um, I don't know, CEO. Have you ever fucked a boss to get a job or a raise? And if not, would you? Um, I have not done that. And would I? Mm, I doubt it because I would prefer to be my own boss, you know, in the future. Do you like cartoon movies? I don't really like cartoon movies, but my favorite movie is How to Train Your Dragon. I think that's so cute. And I think Toothless looks just like Gary. So love that one. And then this loaded question. I think this person has messaged me on Twitter as well. And then they anonymously asked me this question on my Curious Cat account. So I, I guess this is really bothering somebody. So I will just read this very long-winded question for you all and we can ponder afterwards he says i love your podcast and i want to support you and all sex workers in whatever way i can as a male and client to some sex workers i have noticed that a lot of your comments paint all men with a wide brush of being assholes for example you can't spell disappointment without men stop saying men are like dogs dogs are loyal i like men how i like my coffee i don't like coffee <laughs> I understand a percentage of men you deal with are assholes. I would like to think not all of them are, though. So questions. What percentage of your clients are awesome? Does it concern you that some of your comments are lumping all men together the same way that some people make comments about sex workers classifying them as cheap, dirty, drug-addicted whores? Hmm. 
as men that are trying to be very supportive, it becomes difficult when we feel like maybe it's not going to change how we are perceived. Anyways, regardless, I will continue to support your podcast and all the amazing sex workers whom I adore dearly. I won't be visiting you personally, though, as I feel like it would be a very tough time for me to feel good about myself as a man. I don't know how you are in person, and I'm probably way off base thinking I'd feel ashamed to be a man around you. So this is a lot. I use Twitter as a personal diary sometimes. So a lot of the tweets that I put out there are supposed to be confusing because it's not necessarily about sex work. So for example, when I tweeted, you can't spell disappointment without men. Um, I also tweeted that I was trying to fuck this chiropractor and he told me he was going to break my back and he did not. He came after 10 seconds after I gave him a blow job. Um, so if that's not disappointing, I don't know what is. So I, you know, and the other tweets, I was going through a breakup, which we don't need to talk about here, but yeah, it made me feel better to tweet that stuff. And I think a lot of people are missing the mark there. And even with the text messages that I post from people who contact me or Twitter messages, you guys only see the stupid stuff, the bad stuff, the not like proper inquiries. You know, if I were to post every single text message I got, every single proper inquiry I got, it would be boring. It's not funny. So why would I show you guys that? I think a lot of other sex workers who like my stuff and listen to the podcast are very aware that I'm just showing you the bad stuff. So, and it's not even to scare. It's just to be humorous about it and to like, let you guys know what sex workers deal with on a daily basis. It's not supposed to be something that scares away clients, even though I know that I uh, do that. And a lot of people have told me that. And a lot of people have seen me in person after following me online for years. And they're surprised that I am nice and normal in person. And I hope that's the way that I come across on this podcast. And, you know, I have several, several years of reviews to back me up. You know, if I was a man-hating, drug-addicted whore or whatever, um, I'm sure people would have figured that out by now. And I couldn't hide that forever. So, Thank you for your concern. And, um, you know, you don't have to tell me that you're not going to see me in person. You, that's very unnecessary. But if you don't like the stuff that I'm putting online, you don't have to look at it. And not everything is about work necessarily. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. It's not that deep, sweetheart. So this kind of rolls into the next question that I got, which I really liked. This gentleman says, good evening, Ashlyn. I listen to your podcast every week. Find it very informative and entertaining. Also, thank you for not feeling like a piece of shit for hiring escorts. I have a question. I often hear about your not-so-good experiences escorting. I want to know your best experience, your pretty woman moment. Thank you. You are awesome. Thank you for the nice question. And then just tying this back to the previous question, uh, what percentage of my clients are awesome? I only see clients that I enjoy. If I meet somebody and I don't like them, it's very unlikely that I will see them again if they want to see me. There's so many guys that I've been seeing for years regularly that we have a great time together and, you know, we've built a relationship up over the past few years and we have a great time. You know, I've done overnights with guys sometimes that are really fun. I've traveled internationally with a client and had a blast, an absolute blast. Yeah, we went to, um, I don't know, I guess I can say, yeah, we went to Park City, Utah, super beautiful there, went there for a few days and I've had a lot of nice dinners out with clients, uh, been on some really cool dates, like done some cool things in Edmonton that I wouldn't have done otherwise, like by myself, like went to the Mootart, went to the the ice castles, you know, stuff like that. I feel like I'm not answering this question very well, but I think you guys get the point. I am very grateful for all the people that have supported me throughout the years, and I think they're very awesome. And trust me, you best believe if I don't like you, 
I won't be seeing you again. So there you go. <laughs> Final question. Okay, this is getting long. Thank you, everyone, for hanging in here. Somebody says, this is a fellow sex worker. She asks, hey, I have a question for the podcast. I'm new to the industry. Started off working in a massage parlor. Now I'm going independent. I'm just wondering if you have any tips regarding screening clients, feeling safe with clients, hiding your money. And do you ever have any issues with yeast infections? Okay. So tips for screening clients. There's so much information online and this this person is Canadian. So it kind of depends what you're comfortable with. If you want to get a deposit from them, that can be used as screening. Some girls ask for a piece of ID. Other girls will only take provider references. Um, it just, it really depends what you want to do, what you think is easiest. And yeah, I definitely encourage you making more friends on Twitter, even tweeting that stuff out. There's, you'll get a lot of different opinions because what I do might not work for everybody, but you have a lot of options regards to screening. Feeling safe with clients. Um, I think there's very few times in this business that I have felt unsafe with clients. You know, I run my own phone. I talk to everybody that comes to see me personally so I can get a vibe off of them. And usually my vibe is not is not wrong. You know, the vibe checker is usually right. So if someone's giving me a strange, sketchy vibe over text, I will probably not see that person or I will ask for further screening. And as well, I also do feel very safe in hotels. Of course, something can happen anywhere, but there is cameras in hotels just in case, God forbid, something did happen. I don't know. I think some girls maybe have like a knife or pepper spray. Like I've never been in a situation where I'd have to use something like that, but I do know girls that have been in bad situations. So I think feeling safe with clients, it comes with time and experience and you'll only know once you start working more independently, but you've already started at a massage parlor. So you do know how things work. And so it will take a little bit of getting used to, to transition to being fully independent. But I think most people, once they transition, they do enjoy it. So let's see, hiding your money, hiding my money from who, from men. Um, see, I can't give away all my secrets. I don't know. There's a lot of places I try and drop my money in the bank and stuff. I don't like to carry around too much cash if I'm traveling. I think that's dangerous if something were to happen. There's ways to like hide your money, put it in a plastic bag, put it in the toilet, like, you know, the water tank, hide it behind a picture, lock it in your car if you want. It just depends. I don't necessarily always hide my money like that. Like I've never had anybody try and go through my stuff or look for my money. Not saying that can't happen. So you do need to be careful. Like don't leave all your cash sitting out, obviously, but even just like just tuck it away. Don't leave it out. I would say don't leave your purse out with clients. Don't leave your wallet out. Just they don't need to see that. And do I have any, ever have any issues with yeast infections? Well, knock on wood, thank the hooker gods, I do not have that problem. But I know so many girls that do because it's just hard when you're having sex so much. And I don't know, condoms fuck things up. People spit, people, like you lube. It's, it, yeah. I heard that if people suffer from chronic yeast infections, if you do boric acid suppositories, that really helps. And I know a few people that have tried those because they have chronic yeast infections. So try that. Look it up. You can get it on Amazon, boric acid suppositories. And yeah, just like pee after sex. Maybe the condoms are irritating you. Find a brand of condom that works best. Obviously, don't go from like anal to vaginal sex. That is very bad. So just practice like standard, like, you know, safe sex hygiene practices. And I don't know, hopefully you can keep it at bay, but I don't have that problem. So I can't really say, but boric acid, I've heard it's amazing. So try it out. 
All right, everybody. This was a long episode. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Um, I do now have a Curious Cat account, so you can ask me questions anonymously if you would like. So that can be found by going to my Twitter, which is at Adore underscore Ashlyn. Thank you, everybody, who reached out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Life Skills. Follow Ashlyn on social media at No Life Skill or at Adore Ashlyn. Be sure to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. We'll see you on the next show.